Now that, that is called a cliffhanger by order of the Peaky Blinders. Welcome into our spoiler-free podcast breaking down every single episode of the 1920s family gang drama on Netflix and BBC. I'm your host, Daniel Gilman. And I'm Josh Levy. This is episode six, the finale of this tremendously done, acted, produced, directed, everything you could possibly imagine, third season. Stephen Knight does it again. And this is going to be a fun one to break down. Yeah, this is when he propels the show from a family gang drama to prestige drama level, to Breaking Bad, to Game of Thrones. This is when he adds the intricacies. This is when he confuses the common folk. And for you peaky heads, this is when we really dive in and get our roots as obsessions with this show. I mean, this is when... This is when you really know, and, and when Tommy fucking throws his whole family under the, under the bridge, when Tommy's wife, one of the main characters, dies, when everything hits the fan, and we keep on chugging, and in this episode, a 9.6 on IMDb, the critics loved Deserved. it. Deserved. This has got to be the best episode rated. Well, Tied for the best. By IMDb. Tied? Okay. Yeah. I mean, Well-deserved. This was a, just everything from... You know, the beginning towards the end with the train blowing up, you know, you would think that that, that the train blowing up was going to be, you know, the the end of, of it all and that it wasn't going to get any intense after that. And then the end scene, not knowing that was coming out of nowhere, that Tommy made a deal after all this had happened. Like, I maybe thought maybe he was done for a little bit and they were all going to go their separate ways, but no, he got them all uh, uh arrested for all of their uh, different crimes yep and so before we dive in go ahead and like us on facebook at facebook.com slash peaky podcast follow us on twitter at by order of peaky click subscribe rate us review us if we get enough reviews maybe we'll even have a giveaway sometime in the next few weeks as you can also send us some feedback via email at b-o-o-t peaky blinders at gmail.com the description here maybe the best description ever as well it is broad Yet, on point, Josh, it says, As Tommy prepares to commit the most audacious crime of his career, an unexpected blow forces him to face his worst fears in a race against time. I'm all in. This this episode could have been a movie. Perfect. <laughs> He's evolved ever since season one on these descriptions, and it makes you uh, really anticipate what's going to go on, and it's spot on. In season one, this would have been, Tommy's son gets kidnapped. And the whole Shelby family goes to prison. <laughs> Meanwhile, Michael finally finishes off his, his worst foe. It's like, <laughs> So uh, oh, here we go. Opening scene, Charlie gets kidnapped as this woman dressed like a nurse takes him away from this uh, reception of the Grace Shelby Institute for uh, uninsured children. And uh, we see full freak out Tom mode. As he starts cursing at everyone, blaming everyone, loses all of his family members in the process, and becomes a tunneler. Goes back to what he was trained to do as he uh, powers through the unsafe sludge to make sure that his son can be uh, rewarded back to him. This this whole episode, Tommy is just being bombarded with so many different things. With all those women coming up to him at, at, at the Grace Shelby uh, Institute for the Non-Shared Children event. They're coming up to him. They want pictures of him. They give him the uh, Grace's Secret little sculpture thing <laughs> which is great because we haven't we haven't seen her seen or heard of grace's secrets since epsom so that was a nice little uh call back there yep but he's he he's bombarded there he doesn't know what's going on he's out of his element he's 
you know, taking pictures and shaking hands and making people smile and Charlie's gone. And this is when I, I, I lost it. I was like, there's no way. I did not actually think that Hughes was going to follow through on his threat to take Charlie. Wow. I just disagree. I think Tommy was super, uh, super cocky this season because from the first episode, Hughes has been threatening his family and Tommy has basically ignored it and gone to the Russians. And so what happens is Hughes finds out that they made a deal with the Soviets so that the th- all of this, all of this from the Economic League was just to get that train explosion so that the, the British can cut ties with the Soviets. And so Tommy finally is like conceding, saying anything, anything you want, do it. You know, I want my son back. So, and Father Hughes is taking advantage of this. He goes, okay, I need the train blown up. I need evidence planted. I want all of the jewels. I want the Fabergé egg. We find out that there has to be a rat because Tommy only told a few people about this Fabergé egg. And so Hughes wants Tommy to steal it for him at the end of the day and give it to one of the members' wives. So that little bit of information is what Tommy uses to find out that Alfie is the rat. Oh, my God. And then... That's an epic scene, right? It, it's just an epic scene with, you know, he's handing him the pieces of paper of all of the names of different people who might who might possibly want the Fabergé egg. And Tommy says, well, Alfie, you have to name off the list. And that's when he knows right away the, the, the light bulb goes off in Tommy's head. He cocks the gun at Alfie. And their little uh, exchanging of words was was great acting by Killian Murphy and Tom Hardy. It was phenomenal. We kind of hear, we kind of see like a very, you know, actually emphatic Alfie. You know, he's very emphatic, but he has been emphatic before. But he actually seems like he really cares about what he's saying. He's like, well, what line am I crossing? Which I thought was was kind of, I've gone back and forth on that every single time I've watched in this episode on whether or not I agree with what Alfie is saying to Tommy. You know, when Tommy says, they have my boy, they're using my boy. And, and I, Yeah, and Alfie calls him out, basically says, I know, I know, and that's a part of the business. And then at the end, admits that he didn't even know. Right. It's like, he, he's like, in what, in what line am I crossing? Yep. I love the, the open where Alfie shows up and he's like, I would never show up alone, mate. And he goes, oh, the cane? Well, my sky Sciatico plays up around around the solstices. My sciatica, mate. <laughs> he's like, around the winter and summer solstice. I'm like, that's a that's like a majority of the year, so shit. No, it's not Poor just Alfie, around man. the one or two days a year that the solstices come around, but it's just a load of garbage. Right, but I thought he meant like those, like just basically the winter and the summer. Like I thought he was oh, just no. saying like, oh, like, yeah. No, but uh, it's... I, I just I just don't agree with Alfie here. Like I understand Tommy Shelby is in the business where there's there's people that are carnage and collateral damage to like what he does, but I don't think that Tommy Shelby goes out with the intent and knowledge knowing that, you know, little innocent children are gonna get butchered. That's where I just did not agree with Alfie Solomon's, wow. which I thought it was annoying that he kinda said that and I was like, Fucking A man, no, you're wrong. When you get when you get a when you get a toddler involved, man, it's it's fucked up. I, I get what you're saying. It's kind of unwritten rules, but I think Alfie was spewing nothing but facts here. Um, obviously, none of the real stuff starts until Michael blows the bodyguard's brains out, which is the first kill on the list of uh, Michael Gray, the first of two this episode, so we can uh, we can start the kill Indeed. count for little Mike. But, I mean, it's like, it's so insightful when Alfie goes at it and kind of basically goes on and on about who cares about the the deal with the London boys? That's gone. It doesn't matter. If you're going to kill me, I want you to kill me as 
what you are, not as a civilian who right. doesn't understand the wicked way of their world. And even Tommy finishes by saying, well said, Alfie, because there's that great speech and, and you wrote it all down, Josh, so I'll let you go full Alfie mode. Right, and I'm going to go go Alfie here, and it, it was it was beautiful. And he says, that when, when Michael chimes in and says, what fucking side are you on, Alfie? And he goes, I don't give a fuck right now, kid. I do not want him to spare me because of some fucking peace pact. I want him to not acknowledge that his anger is unfucking justified. And he gets really serious here. And, I, and because it's so long, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Because I can't do a full Alfie for that long. It's too hard. But he no, says... No, you got to go full Alfie. <laughs> All right, I'll try. He goes, I want him to acknowledge that he who fights by the sword, he fucking dies by it, Toby. So what? They took your boy, eh? They got your boy. And what fucking line am I supposed to have crossed? How many fathers, yeah? How many sons, yeah? Have you cut, killed, murdered, fucking butchered, innocent and guilty to send straight to hell, just like me? Yeah. And you stand there, yeah. you judging me, yeah? Standing there and talk to me about crossing some fucking line. If you pull that trigger, you pull that trigger for a fucking audible reason. Like an audible man. Not like some fucking civilian who doesn't understand the wicked way of our world. Love it. And it was just beautiful. That's, I think I did a pretty good job there. Of didn't course I? you did. I mean, I knew you could. And that's when that's when yeah. Tom kind of snapped and he got back into, I mean, this is when he goes off and, and starts to dig because he realizes that, you know what? You're right. I, I am the king, as the as he says in the end. And this is what happens when I, when I enter this realm. I mean, we've seen explosions happen to kids. We've seen Finn almost get killed in Tommy's business. He knows what the, what the problem is. And that's when we find out that the guy's name is Gilbert Palmer, who I was trying to get to earlier. Moss has him arrested. And uh, John and Arthur do some interrogating, which is when they find out where Charlie's being held. And this is when we get the three scene inter intertwined with John and Arthur having to go through this, this explosion and, and pick out the men and tell Charlie and Curly what's going to happen. And, and Arthur is really, really heartbroken about this. And John wants to do it for him. Michael tells them that he killed a man. And Arthur wants to switch guns with him, but Michael kind of says, no, this, this gun feels a part of my hand now. So they send Markle, Michael to go get Charles, but instead of it being an empty building, Hughes is there, and Michael doesn't want the help from the two trained guys, so Hughes and Michael go at it, and, and that is a good old-fashioned boxing match as we see Tommy clawing away and Arthur and John waiting for the phone call from Finn. And, oh, Josh, it's if Michael had just pulled the trigger right away, called Finn, everything would have been avoided. Arthur and John wouldn't have that, been arrested. Everything would have changed. That's kind of like my nit to pick with this episode in general is like he had the gun in front of his damn face. He was so ready to do the deed. He was told what to do. He knew what he wanted to do. and He didn't pull the trigger for what reason and let Hughes get away. What was, was he nervous? Like I, like I understand it was, that was the kind of like, you know, cinematic, yeah, element of it. He's, he, it's like he's, he's put this gun up and this dude is like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't kill me. And it reminded me, oh, it reminded me of someone that, that Tommy killed. Was it last season, remember? And Tommy just did it anyways and the guy's like begging. I can't really remember. I'm gonna, I'll have to come back to it. You peaky heads. Who did Tommy kill in season one or two where it seemed like the super evil guy? Oh, was it? Billy Kimber? I don't know. I don't think so. It's like the super evil guy in Hughes is, is reverted to like to begging. And so Michael can't pull the trigger. Hughes gets some good punches in on Michael. And luckily at the last second when he's saying that he's going to choke him out and take his life, he gets the, the knife 
and slices him up and slices his throat as the music builds, as Tommy grabs the egg, grabs the jewels, and Arthur is getting ready to pull it. And Arthur has this awesome line where he goes, who wants to go to heaven? Who wants to be in heaven when you can be sending men to fucking hell? And three seconds is the difference between Finn running. It's, uh, it it kind of reminds me of Epson exactly one season ago from this point where the littlest things went awry to cause things to kind of go in motion and to actually happen and they were the catalyst of different things. And here, if they were one second earlier, literally one or two seconds earlier, the train doesn't get blown up and Finn gets there in time. And it's just, it's it's frustrating. And I cannot have imagined watching this and then waiting a whole other season again. Like now that we're, you know, far Cliff ahead. Hanger. You know, like you and I are now like, like watching, you know, episode to episode, week to week, like we have in season five, like I, and I, and I'm waiting to see what happens in the next season. It's just, it's so frustrating. And he, it, he leaves like three different bangers here that you're just like, Oh my God, this makes it, it the, the exact reason why it's a 9.6. And then we've got the final scene as Charlotte starts to beg Michael to stay for that procedure. But Michael says he has family business and has to go to the house with Tommy. Turns out that, uh, Tommy actually made a deal with Tatiana to screw over her family. They've been doing it for months. This is something that's a very cool, like, Ocean's Eleven kind of thing where they've been playing us also with, uh, kind of like with Arya and Sansa there in, in, in Season 7 when we find out that Tatiana's really been working with Tommy about stealing the jewels, and she savagely shoots the witness. There's a funny little line about how she's got a man waiting for her in Vienna. Tommy says, poor... Poor man. Oh, man. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. You got any comments about that Tatiana agreement? Yeah, I, it was, I agree. We, 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 were played, we were played for fools, not knowing what was going on. And he makes a reference to saying that she wanted a tunnel built. Yeah. Which I, I was, yeah, she wanted a tunnel built to be able to go back in there, basically. No? Like for, to have someone no, no, else so, go in there. And- so Tommy stole the jewels for her. No, I know. So t- essentially she hired Tommy to steal the jewels. So that's why she said 50% of this is for the tunnel because she needed to hire, hire tunnelers and 50% is for the signature, right. okay. which makes it an official bi- bill of sale. So it was the, like the, the tunneling expenses. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So that, that's what I was confused about. I was like, oh, she asked, she like wanted a tunnel. So here's for your tunnel. So I was like, that, that was a little confusing. But no, it was, it, was a, it was a nice little farewell to Tati, our girl Tati. She was looking like a damn snack as usual. She was looking. I didn't think she was. This she, was her best. She just looked, I, I think she was looking a little big. She just. She just. What big? Yeah, her cheeks were a little oh chubbier. Her, her outfit didn't. Her Tough outfit didn't necessarily. Critter. Didn't necessarily uh, accentuate her features in this one. Well, I thought it was a nice little uh, bit bit ado from her, and it was. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss her, and unless we see her in Vienna sometime. I'm not gonna miss Tatiana. And so, final scene. Tommy is in the mansion with everyone. Admitting, this is crazy. admitting that he made a mistake with fucking with the Russians, that Arthur was right, that he should not have done it, and they're all like, yeah, fuck you, you're right, yeah. And so he divvies up all the money, gives a little extra to Linda, gives a little extra to Esme, who by matter, uh, Esme, like, her water broke in this seat in this episode, but we didn't really get anything about that, and then she looks fine at the end, that was kind of weird. Yeah, that's a nitpick as well, like, what the hell happened? She just 
did she have a miscarriage? We don't. Uh, we, did she have a kid? We did get to see John's kids for the first time this season in the in the picture they took in the beginning when they're wearing this normal hats, which not peaky hats, which is weird. Yeah, no, it was definitely we the 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 children's situation has always been strange in this show, and I, that's that's right. That's something that flew over my head. Esme's water broke like in the worst possible time possible, and then we just have no clarity on that. But I mean, this final scene is really really deep. I mean, I wrote down every single word in this scene just because I thought that Killian Murphy's acting was tremendous, and I want, and I thought that what he said was just so deep. And he's going around to the t- to everyone, you know, giving out the money. And he, he when he gets to Michael, and he says, "Michael, f- for the killing, five thousand for the cutting, five for the shooting." And Paulie tries to stop him, and he goes, "What? Tell me, this is who I am, and this is all I can give you for what you give me for your hearts and your souls." And he goes, yesterday, I nearly lost my son. You should fucking understand that to her. And she goes, and he goes, for what, eh? For this. And he goes, I know all of you want me to say that I will change. That this fucking business will change. And he goes, but I've learned something in these last few days. Those bastards, these bastards are worse than us. And that's when Tommy's like, you know what? I can't escape this life. I really can't. There are so many bad people out there that... You know, I really can't escape, and this is kind of who we are, this is who I am, and this is how it's going to be. I really liked how Lizzie refuses the money from Tommy, and then at the end of the speech, Tommy says that the money is because Lizzie's the only reason his heart didn't break. Not anyone else, just Lizzie. And then, as you mentioned, Tommy's kind of saying, you know, you took the king's shilling, and the king commanded you to kill. And I really think that half of Tommy, it was what Linda said, Half of this was really Tommy not being able to say goodbye to Arthur. So he wasn't really devastated by this decision he had to make by, quote, making a deal with people more powerful than our enemies. And then as they're being arrested, Radiohead plays Life in a Glass House, which is the only song of the episode, which is the only episode this season that only had one song. And it was important and it was pivotal and it was obviously meant to make it so that this scene is the most important scene of the whole season, which it was. Oh, by far something that we just were not expecting in the slightest. I was not expecting this at all. I thought it was going to end with kind of everyone just being pissed at him and going their separate ways and whatnot. But Stephen Knight does it again. I mean, I don't know who, if he picks the music or if who who picks the music. There's definitely someone who has that job. But they do such a great job in this show of picking songs that mean so, so much to the actual backdrop of what's happening in the show. And then the only other thing that uh, really happened was Ruben, who didn't show up to the reception in the beginning, had Polly kind of quizzical. And then when Tommy found out that somebody must have ratted, he, he kind of thought maybe Alfie, but he said even, even odds that it was Ruben. And so he yells at Polly saying, you're worthless. The only reason a man would even love you is just to use you and gets her to even think that it was him. So she cuts up the painting, yells at him, pulls a gun on Ruben. And I must, as much as you must hate this storyline, I thought this was a cool scene. When Polly really breaks up down, says, you, 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 took a, you, you painted the wrong person. That wasn't me. I'm someone who you know, is self-conscious. I'm someone who, you know, t- paint me in a dress that I bought at the market, not this, this fluffy thing. And then l- luckily, they kiss and make up. So do you think there's a future of Ruben? I... I, I don't know, nor do I care. <laughs> All right, I think I think Ruben could be no, in the I'm future. Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But it's obvious that Paul it's obvious that Paul is broken. She's a broken person. She breaks again when she sees her son who was scarred and has blood on his face when he when he 
saves Charlie, and then there's a great little uh, conversation in the 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 payphone with Tommy and Charlie. Oh, I really yeah, liked that. Oh, that was yeah. a tearjerker. Yeah, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Yeah, it was, it was cute. And it was great. Once again, phenomenal acting because we never see Tommy smile like that. So it was so authentic to see him elated with joy to hear Charlie's voice. But, I mean, poor Paul. I mean, I, I felt bad for Ruben. Probably spent weeks, months painting this damn picture. And it just gets torn to pieces because Polly jumped to conclusions to thinking that Ruben was the rat and listened to Tommy. And it was kind of sad to see that. And he offers to paint, paint her another picture. And, I mean, Polly deserves d- deserves love, and maybe she'll get it. And before we get winners and losers, upon the rewatch, there was a cool little uh, hindsight kind of foreshadowing thing in the beginning when Johnny Dog says that there's a slowdown with the tunnelers and tells John that they need two days and begs for Tommy's help because he's the best tunneler he knows. And John says some quip about how it'll never happen. It, yeah, I mean, wait, Johnny Dog tells Tommy that he wants Tommy to do the, to actually do the tunneling. Well, he actually tells John yeah. that he needs Tommy, and John says that Tommy will never do it. He says like something. Right. So it'll be a, a cold day in hell essentially before before right. John get before Tommy gets down there. Those tunneling scenes were intense as shit, man. When he's like, "Make it fucking safe, it's Tommy. It's sludge. It's not safe. It's sludge." What about the shakes yeah, when it, he's like, "Get him out of uh, here." Yeah, no, it was wild, and everything was building up, and. I don't know, you were talking about the intertwining of the different, you know, things that were going on, but right when the priest kind of, like, takes a strike to Michael, Tommy breaks through, and it breaks through into the... Uh, and it explodes. the treasury, and it explodes, and then the train explodes, yeah, and it was, it was, it was wild. The scene is just so much going on, so much closure into the season, so much closure, although it opens up another door, and I really do wonder where, you know, Tommy's endeavors are going to take him next. Who is this deal he has made with? No we idea. Don't know someone very important. Someone you know that 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 season four is just has endless opportunities to take off with. So I'm excited. Yep. And so at winners and losers time. There were not many. It was slim pickings for winners here in this episode. Ooh, a lot of losers. You go first losers. for your winner. I'll go. Okay, I'll go first because you have a very unique uh, loser. I'm gonna go winner then loser and then and then you'll go. So my winner is Michael. I Michael's like that. My winner I like that. Because he got his revenge, man. He exacted his revenge that God knows how long he's been waiting to have, you know, see the priest, you know, face to face again. And he finally saw it. And he, you know, I thought he was fucked. I really thought he was screwed when the priest had him, you know, calling him, you fucking rat. Do you know who you're fucking messing with? Yeah, you're and, a gypsy bastard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, to see, and the way he did it, he didn't even use the gun. You know, all this time we're thinking it's going to be a bang. It's going to be, it's always about the bang, which Hugh says, you know, in the episode, which is kind of ironic that I just talked about that. But it's always about the bang in the show. And he just, you know, takes him to the throat and stabs him. And it's it was nice to see Hughes die of a slow and painful death. And it's nice to see Michael be able to get that revenge. So, and then that's going to lead into my loser. My, lo- my loser in this episode are going to be Arthur and John because... They had to do this terrible act against their will. They didn't want to do this. They didn't want to kill the innocent, those six innocent people. They don't want to blow up. The, they don't want to blow up the train in the factory. And it's just they, they they don't they're they're left to do Tommy's bidding. You know they're 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 left to 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 do his dirty work. And it's 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 a shame that they had to do this and they have this on their conscience. As Esme says later in the episode that 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 John has to carry the burden of innocent lives on the the rest of the episode the, the rest of his life. And so. I just feel bad that they didn't want to do this and they had to do an act that could have been avoided. It really could have. Yep, way worse than that too because 
it's almost jealousy from Tommy because they have happy lives, they have happy wives, and the worst part is that they're going to be in prison when their kids are born. And, and it's just like... It's awful. It's devastating, and it makes Tommy the absolute anti-hero. I mean, he is the, he's right. the true antagonist of this episode. He's selfish. And he fucking delays just long enough for them not to be able to escape. It ugh, makes me so mad. Then, but the thing is, like, not only are they going to prison for what they did, but they're going to prison for what they did because Tommy made deals knowing that they were going to go to prison. So it just makes it makes so it makes matters so much worse, and I just I, I I just don't know how much longer they can sit there and you know take Tommy's shit anymore, and so that's why they're my losers. Yep, I've got a I've got a winner in uh, Tati Tatiana. She played the long game. She Ooh. played chess while her my girl right there. her aunt or whatever played checkers because Isabella got schooled here. Tatiana had to have got to have sex with. Tommy, fuck, play her game. Get a nice car. She leaves with a, all of the jewels. She gets one last kiss. She charges five thousand extra pounds for the sex, which was a hilarious scene. And then she's like, "And five thousand more for helping with the grief of your loss." You didn't even come fucking close. Great, great. She's beautiful. Got, she's got a man waiting for her in Vienna. She's probably gonna screw him out of thousands of of pounds or euro or whatever. Tatiana killed this this season. She was probably the winner of the season, but we're going to have our winners and losers in our season recap coming up soon. And my loser, my loser is everyone. They're, I mean, everyone, man. every single person that we have come to love in this show, whether it's a Shelby or a Gray, every single one of them lost this episode. Every single one of them comes out a loser. Tommy is lonely. Linda is going to have to raise a child without Arthur for the time being. Esme is fucking pissed. She could come out and, and try to kill Tommy. And then obviously Arthur and John. Michael, as much as he's a winner in this episode, he has to now deal with the, the PTSD, essentially, of murdering two people in one day. And he goes to prison. Let's not forget about that. Polly's going to jail. We'll see how that messes with her psyche. Ruben has her his his painting cut, and he gets a, a knife and a gun pulled on him. Every single person I could think of. Lizzie, I don't know where she went in the end of the episode. That's one of my nitpicks where it's like, where did Lizzie go? Where did Ada go? Did they all go to jail too? Lizzie went to the cellar to put away the cash because everyone right, will get your right, money right. and do calls. Where's Ada? Ada is going on about revolution and stuff. No, like the final scene when Tommy's all alone. Oh, maybe she had to. You know, that, that's that's a very good question. I, I I don't know the answer to that. Okay, so that's one of my nitpicks. You you said your nitpick. My yeah, big I one my though. Yeah. Ready for my big one, and this is just a. It's just annoying because they are so realistic in the show. But how did Finn not get wrecked by that explosion? Yeah, he was just in perfect distance. I mean, you saw all of like the the carnage of the explosion, kind of the glass kind of hitting near John and Arthur, but they kind of like took cover. But Finn, Finn, Finn was chilling. Finn was okay for how close he was to that explosion. <laughs> yep. So that was it. It was a perfect episode. It was it was a fantastic season. What would you give this season out of ten? I I, w- I would give this season a a nine point four out of ten. Not and no no yeah that's a good one you know because this episode was a nine six and I I would say that this episode and a lot of the other episodes were great like four five and six were great episodes four and six particularly five was a little bit slow but uh I would give this season like a nine five a nine five I think is perfect 
Yep, that's that was gonna be my score, a nine five. Nine point five. Just solid all around. Boom. It was awesome. Upon the rewatch, it at my first watching maybe like a nine point one because of the confusion. And then on the rewatch, like a nine point five, once you start to understand the the Father Hughes angle and the the Tatiana play and all that stuff is just so sick. And the ending to it, how we've we finally seen Tommy go from this kind-hearted guy, you know what I mean, that really does have a kind soul. He does not have a kind soul anymore. And everyone hates him, and I'm not quite sure where they're going to go on from here, whether it's one hour later and they get freed from prison, because there's no way they're all going to die. I mean, I knew that right when I watched it. There's no way they're all going to get hung. Whoever Tommy made a deal with is probably going to work out in his favor. But we can... Uh, we can talk about that in our uh, in our Grace's Secrets coming up here, where we're going to give you about 30 seconds. This episode is over for those of you that are watching and have not gotten through season four, season five, especially season four here. So now as we, as we look at Grace's Secrets, mainly for the people that have not seen season four, I would say stop. We don't really have to speculate on anything season five, but let's just talk about, about what's next. I mean, stop. By the way, stop. This is Grace's Secrets. It's for spoilers. Don't don't listen if you haven't seen season four. But Josh, I, now that we can talk about this scene, this final scene is really all that matters as we lean into season four and see Polly go off the, the, the deep end, see everyone but Michael betray Tommy. And then for Tommy to just act like it never happened is just pure delusion from him. He's a bit of a sociopath. It's going to be to his own detriment as we see in the rest of his storyline. Um, he really goes off. He really just like loses sight of like family, you know, ever since this happens. And he's, he's, he's way more business over family. And now that we're in Grace's secrets, I'm going to go ahead and talk about that last scene with Tommy talking about, you know, politicians, fucking judges, lords and ladies, they're worse than us. And they'll never admit us to the palaces, no matter how fucking legitimate we become because of who we fucking are and because of where we fucking are and where we fucking came from. And it's such a foreshadowing to season five and Mosley and the political realm that he gets involved in going on from season three, like after like season three, episode six and on since that line, the political backdrop of, of the plot line and his demise is so driven by, you know, what happens at the end of this episode and he, him losing sight. So I thought that was something that was crazy watching, you know, with those hindsight goggles to see him talking about politicians, judges, lords and ladies, because we see where he is now in season five with Mosley and Churchill and everything going on with politics. So I thought that was a a nice little thing to look back on. And so do you think that anything would have changed? I'm like starting to think about this right now. And I'm realizing even if the explosion didn't happen and everything went Tommy's way, Michael's still going to jail for killing Hughes and Polly's still going to jail for killing Campbell. Polly. So all that would have changed is that John and Arthur wouldn't have gone to jail, right? Right, but I don't think there would there would have been such a a huge conspiracy. You you're saying that like if the train never blew up, if if the big bang right, never they still, happened. I mean, they still would have killed Hughes and the economic right. league still would have been pissed. And so they're, they're the reason that they're all going to jail. Remember that Tommy said, you know, right. these people are powerful. They've got the cops in their pocket, but they don't have the elected officials. So even if they didn't blow up the train, I feel like they they would have been even more mad because with the chain the train blow up, the economic league still gets what they wanted, which doesn't make much sense why they put Arthur and John into prison. But I guess they're just mad at Tommy for killing Hughes. But I'm saying they got what they wanted because the the papers are still out there. 
Britain is going to have to cut ties with, with Russia after this. So if that right. didn't happen, they still would have put Polly and Michael into jail. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been such a, as big of a deal as what Arthur and John did, though. Like Those were just kind of like like add-ons that they wanted to just shove into his face, kind of, in my opinion. So I think it would have been completely different because there wouldn't have been high, as, as high stakes because it's just a couple of people that are dead. Hughes is dead and Campbell's dead. It's not, you know, murder, sedition, conspiracy to, you know, to explode whatever. It was just like those crimes held a lot more weight, in my opinion, with the whole grand scheme of things. So I thought it would have been different, but it's it's crazy to think about what would have been if that explosion didn't happen and if Finn had, Finn had gotten there on time, how season four and season five would have been. There we go. That's Grace's Secrets for us. We are going to record the season Three recap, we're going to be fresh on it. We just watched the finale, so we're going to record the recap soon. Post that for you guys, so keep an eye out for it. Of course, if you subscribe, you won't have to keep an eye out for it. It'll just pop up onto your Apple Podcasts, onto your Spotify feed. Go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast or follow us on Twitter at By Order of Peaky. We love the feedback, so keep it coming on social media or on email at B-O-O-T, Blinders at gmail.com. He's Josh, I'm Daniel, and we binge so you don't have to. We are never coming back Past the square, past the bridge, past the mills, past the stacks On a gathering storm comes a tall handsome man In a dusty black coat with a red right hand